This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. My name is Sean and I got my boy, Dan, as always. Hi. I love that. Uh, I don't know. I was just feeling it. I just went for it. I was like, whatever comes out, just that's what we're going to do. What are we going to go with? We got one more introduction left. We'll see if he, he can one-up you there. That's not going to happen. Oh, boy. Charlie Ming, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Very, very, always subdued. Always, always um, very, very measured and wise. Yes, and yes. Just uh, great Pen- to have you with pensive. us. Yeah, great pensive. to have you with yeah. us, Charlie. This, great to be here. <laughs> you've got a great podcast, you know, voice, great podcast vibe. <laughs> Uh, it's nice to have you. Just that presence, you know. Yeah. It's the it's yes. Yeah. My presence is the present. So we've got a lot to catch up on. We uh didn't have a behold last week. Sorry sorry about that, folks. Um there was just a lot going on. And like uh, what? Well, uh my my friend over here, my my compadre was uh was off suffering um on the mission field. It's brutal. In Hawaii. I was, I was on a mission <laughs> to eat malasadas. Malasadas. Hawaiian donuts, for those of you. Yeah, if you're unaware, they're like little puffy. Stuffed with uh, so all sorts of jams and, and and custards, or no? Traditionally dipped, I feel like, but they dipped. can be stuffed. Okay, yeah. dipped and stuffed. What a combo. Good to go. What, what more do you need? Uh, anyways, yeah, I was in Hawaii. It was a great time with the fam. Um, those of you who I spoke to already know it was, a, it was a crazy week just between we filmed the wedding on Sunday and then flew out on Monday, flew back on Friday night, and then filmed two weddings on Saturday. So church just, on Sunday. Church on Sundays. This is a really hectic week, and yet absolutely worth it and wonderful. So that's it's cool. Fun. It's very fun. Good, good family time. And uh, I gotta say, I, I told you this earlier, but I saw a picture of you, and your your beach bot is rocking, dude. You oh, look, you looked this. ripped. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Are you taking steroids? Or no what's dad. The deal? No dad bod here. I'm and I qualify. I'm a dad, and I got a bod. Dad bod. <laughs> hey, you're looking good. Are you looking uh, good? Where where were you this last weekend, Dan? Yeah, so Emily and I, with the kids, helped uh, take a a young adults crew up to Hume Lake, which is a Christian retreat center, and they do periodic uh, young adults retreats. And so we joined a a bunch of different um, college and career age, you know, people from all over uh, different churches and different areas. There was probably about, I don't know, 200, 250 of us up there, and we just, um, you know, study God's word. We worshiped together. We had all kinds of fun activities. They, they had like uh, a little 22 shooting range and like Emily and the kids and I, we all got, everyone got to shoot and archery and ax throwing. And, uh, we woke up one morning and did 18 holes of uh, disc golf mm. and it was super fun and we hiked around the lake and it just was, it was a great time. And God was moving, moving in some cool ways. And, I feel like the 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 sessions, the, the Bible teaching was so good, and I think it's really in rhythm with a lot of things we've been talking about in the Daniel series. So hopefully as our discussion goes on, I'll kind of pull some things in, but it was just a great time, great vibe. We took over 50 people um, from the young adults ministry here, wow. and Jason and Natalie did an amazing job just kind of setting the tone and and uh, leading the crew, and just, it was it was super fruitful, super awesome. Good time. Yeah, I always love, I mean, especially with young adults, but just in general, I love opportunities like that to just get out of your pattern for a second, you know, Mm -hmm. get out of your hustle and bustle. And usually there's opportunities to just be still before the Lord and pray Mm -hmm. or hear people you wouldn't normally hear, you know, have discussions you wouldn't normally have. Yeah, just really useful time, I feel like. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my D group, my little discussion group. So after the sessions... Um, like the whole camp would kind of go off and do different things, but we would always do like a little debrief. Jason got us in these little groups and um, just my, my crew, you guys know who you are, but it was super awesome. Um, just, I was like very um, edified, you know, by the time and it was super encouraging. So um, you got some fun coming up, Charlie. So to look <laughs> I mean, forward to. I don't know. How, I don't know how much fun for me. <laughs> Um, but we were we were gifted uh, tickets to uh, Disney on Ice. What? Oh, it's amazing! Out in Oakland tomorrow evening, and so I am taking Jude and Stella to that. Even though I feel like they're a little bit on they're the older, older end yeah. of the, so we'll see how it goes. It'll be but, great, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. 
it's going to be, it's going to be wild. Good times. So I've always wondered this about Disney on ice. Cause I remember hearing about it when I was a kid, I'd never been. And I remember this joke going around that it was just like, uh, like Walt, like Walt Disney's dead body, like <laughs> frozen <laughs> on display, they say he's waiting, frozen, right? waiting yeah, for yeah. like, you know, the time, the technology so that he could be brought back. Um, One of these times it's going to happen. That's, for clarification, <laughs> that's not what that is. That's right? not what, no, no. <laughs> oh, bummer. To my understanding, they, they, <laughs> they just, they just wheel him out. Yeah. And a block of ice. <laughs> you just sit there for an hour and a half waiting, hoping. <laughs> Um, no, nah, it's, I think they choose like a theme or something and then perform different songs and things like that. We'll Sounds see. Sounds amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, so they're ice, they're on ice skates. I, 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 <laughs> again, I, I've never been. <laughs> you have no clue uh, what to I expect. I have no clue what to expect. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a funny and memorable time for us. We don't, we don't do <laughs> a lot of these kinds of things often. So it'll be a good, a good I expect time. a full report when I, we come back. I'll do it. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> or just, 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 just for the podcast, just a yeah. small, like I'll just take a section. A I won't even, I won't do the rest of the discussion. Yeah. I'll just come in specifically <laughs> to talk about Disney on ice. Uh, our beholders are, are, will be standing by. Yep. <laughs> Summary. Well, he's still dead. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen this time. Uh, I don't know why this makes me, my brain just immediately goes to, man, I wonder what kind of uh, figure skater Charlie Mang is. Oh, Oh, <laughs> it can't be good. I'm th- oh no, I've seen it. it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, it's bad. I, I, I'm six six and have zero coordination. Like, it's you know I'm <laughs> I'm the least graceful person you'll ever see. And so you you you're put gracious me in, though. You're a gracious. Person. I can be gracious, but I'm not graceful. That That's sounds fine. more fun to yeah. watch than Disney on Ice. <laughs> oh, dude, it was hilarious. They oh, got to yeah. put me. Well, and it was funny because it wasn't even on. Oh no, we did have ice skates at that one. Yeah. I can't even do like the whole broom ball thing. Like yeah, it's, you put me on something slippery, it's not like in my brain, I'm like, <laughs> why are we doing why? this? <laughs> this is there's nothing fun about this. Credit, to your credit, you tried. And I and for, for that I, I commend you. I do it for the sake of my children. It's good for not you. Not for your entertainment. Uh, was, <laughs> as a byproduct, it was very entertaining. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Sometimes you don't gotta do, you just gotta try. Mm. Somehow there's a lesson about Daniel. And that in leads that us sentence. into our yeah, <laughs> do or do not. <laughs> wow. Well, in all seriousness, uh, thanks for checking in, Sharon. Y'all, whoever's listening, I'm sure you've had a eventful week behind you or ahead of you as well. Now let's get into it together. We have been in the Daniel series for the last um, twelve weeks now. Really, fourteen. I mean, we had two weeks off. We had a bit of an remember? intro and a break. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we had the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds and Student Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Any other interruptions? No, no, no. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) Give it it, it to us. Uh, Anyways, 14 weeks in Daniel. And, you know, as we've been going through Daniel, we're we're seeing two things we keep talking about. We talk about a faithful servant and a sovereign God, as seen in the life of Daniel and his friends. And obviously some encounters that a lot of us probably were really familiar with, you know, like the lion's den and the fiery furnace and that type of thing. But then a lot of other things that maybe you haven't really dug into and studied before, you know, interpretation of dreams or messages from Gabriel and all those kinds of things. But we keep seeing this theme and we, we wrapped up this last week at the crossing with chapter 12. It's the last chapter in Daniel, unless you're Catholic. And uh, <laughs> just a great end cap to the series and some good takeaways as, you know, now we're living Post Jesus is resurrection and new covenant life, you know, and so our responsibility as we look at the life of Daniel is is in some ways a little bit different, but at the same time, it's also the same. So it'd be fun to dig into that a little bit today with you guys. Yeah, and I and I hope I hope that came through on Sunday for those of you guys that were at the crossing. Um, but just the the significance of being a people that are under the new covenant. Like we enjoy greater benefits than Daniel had. Now that doesn't mean that we have visions like he had or have experienced the the same uh, type of physical deliverance that he has. But in terms of being of influence in in the culture around us, um, we have greater benefits than he 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 did. The, he, the spirit was with Daniel. The spirit yeah. is in us. Yeah. And man, how how beautiful is that 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 we get to kind of live with that same mindset. And man, when you look through Daniel and see everything that he encountered and did, and and how God revealed Himself to him, um, man, it, it, I, I, I hope and pray and trust that it's been an, uh, inspiring and eye opening kind of series. Yeah. I mean, the, the access that we have, uh, I mean, that's, that's the, that's kind of the engine of our influence 
is that we have we have the access to the the whole entire holy scriptures. We have the access to um, the the Holy Spirit's presence with us everywhere we go, day in and day out, moment by moment. And um, I mean, Daniel and his and his uh, his buddies would have would have their minds would have been blown by by the reality that we're living in. And it's so easy for us to look back at these kind of shock and awe events and, and just be like longing for that, you know, or, or kind of, uh, <clears throat> wishful, like, Oh man, if I, if only, you know, we could have that experience, but you know, I think it's the exact opposite of, of what we think too. And, and, and really isn't that kind of like in part the story of scripture, right? It's God drawing nearer and nearer God moving into the neighborhood, God, um, you know, breaking down the barriers, tearing the curtain, right? So that we could have this everyday walking in the garden kind of existence. Yep. Yeah. And it's a, it's a life marked by that wisdom, right? And, and again, we've got this greater clarity mm -hmm. of, of who God is, of what his love looks like, of what his compassion looks like, what his care looks like. Um, and, and that, that beautiful piece in, in chapter 12, verse three and then again in 13 to some degree, but of, of it's the wise who will shine like the brilliance of the sky, mm -hmm. those who turn many to righteousness like the stars above, right? Like, and I think it just, it, it captures so beautifully what it is that we want in, in our Christian life, to mm -hmm. live wisely and to turn others towards Jesus. And, and the promise given to Daniel in, in uh, verse 13 that, that he's going to... Um, you know, stand in that place at the end of time. You know what I mean? That he, he has a reserved spot. You know what I mean? Um, so cool to, to witness these things, I think should be motivation for us to, to strive to live that same quality of life. So it's not about, Oh, I just want the deliverance like he did from the lion's den. Oh, I want to have these crazy visions and, and you know, that kind of stuff. No, I want to live wisely in light of who God is and what he's revealed to me. And I want in that wisdom to turn other people to him. Yeah. And I think like you're just saying, Dan, like appreciating just the, the miraculous nature of that connection and presence of the Holy Spirit and God in our lives, right? Yeah. Like this reminds me of um, something that Gary Darnell has said about Genesis 3, 8, you know, which is right after they eat the evil fruit and then God comes walking in and just the verbiage of it, Gary has mentioned before, he says, and, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You know, and Gary talks about that in a sense of like, man, the way that's written, it just seems like it's a very normal part of their routine. Oh yeah, the Lord comes walking in the cool of the day. And and in that sense, it's like, man, God standing in your presence, there's such normalcy to that. Such a sense of this is the way things are meant to be, right? Yep. Is the Lord coming walking walking before you? And then obviously sin happened, and then now we're pulled away from from God, and then like you were just saying throughout scripture, man, all these amazing moments happening in the history of God's people, but all those things happening were God revealing himself to his people, yep. you know? And so now that we have the Holy Spirit, we're living in the new covenant, man, it's just as miraculous, if not more, just in a different format, right? Yeah. What a, what a, what a freeing thing, you know, that, that, um, again, it's, 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 I, I, I like what you said and it's, and it's something Nathan has talked about, Gary talks about a lot, but just, that picture of, of what was meant to be the most normal experience has been shattered by sin. Mm. And yet because of what Christ has done, God is bringing us back to that state of what is the most normal for us as humans to experience. And that is his presence, his, his leadership, his, his guidance, you know, his kingdom, those kinds of things. And that's what we, that, what an incredible, beautiful thing that we get to live in. Yeah. Which this is like a healthy thought experiment of just, Sometimes things have like a wow factor for us, not because they inherently should, but because they're just unusual or different to us, yep. you know? Yep. And as a society, we really, you know, we've talked about this recently in the podcast, but Satan has worked so hard to convince people that things of the spiritual nature are not true. Right. So anything like that feels so crazy to us. You know, this, I don't know why this reminds me of this, but there's a, a decor thing happening in the last year or two. Yeah, do you guys know what Rattan is? Rattan? Yeah, do you really not? It shocks me. I, don't I mean, I probably things. know what it you looks like. You know the look. Yeah. You know the look. It's yeah. like the natural, like woven, 
like bamboo, like all the furniture downstairs oh, in the yeah. kids' area right now, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's like natural retainer. Is it like a subset of like boho or, or is like, it a different thing? I would boho? say it's in the boho <laughs> world. We should yeah. have our wives on the podcast to, to address this. Uh, macrame. A- anyways. <laughs> you, hey, you nailed it. It started throwing out words. Yeah, but this, wicker. This cracks me up. It, I mean, wicker is an easier way to say this. Yeah. This cracks me up because rattan right now is like such a, a hip thing. People are paying a lot of money for rattan like boho furniture and what it is it's like woven bamboo that is like one of the oldest and simplest furniture making types in human history we've been doing for thousands of years you know and now people are paying five hundred dollars for a rattan end table you know and it's not because something is inherently amazing about this in fact it's it's less good as a furniture piece than a piece of pine, you know? But because it's different for us here yeah. in our like tribe valley, like, ooh, rattan, it's exotic and cool. We're paying all this money. And it yeah, makes no, me think, it's just a cheap wicker chair. It's a cheap wicker <laughs> that like a 10-year-old in Vietnam wove for you, okay? But the same oh, thing of just, I mean, it's true. The same thing of just, it's such hype around it because it's unfamiliar yep. in our lives. Yep. And the same kind of thing, we look at things like, Oh man, the angel appearing. Look at things like the burning bush. Look at things like um, you know the fiery furnace, and those are amazing things. But for us, probably more so than the people of that day, it's amazing because we're so just desensitized yeah. mm-hmm. to the reality of God working in a physical way in our lives. Right. Well, let's yeah. talk about that because I think that's one of the things that you guys have done a good job. The teaching team is like <clears throat> bringing bringing Daniel's life into our modern perspective. You know, and how how can we how can we learn from his life, you know? And you see in this chapter, God is is commending Daniel for his faithfulness yeah. and how he's he's um, been able to shine, you know, and influence uh, in this culture that is totally opposed to, to God. So, like, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, and what, what can we learn from Daniel, even though th- there are these, like, astonishing kind of, crazy weird things happening to him. Like as we're looking back on this series, like what are the big takeaways for us? You know, I don't know if it's too far to say Daniel's a role model for us, an example. I don't know, but, but like what, I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're obviously not experiencing, um, I don't know the depth of what he was experiencing in terms of exile, in terms of, you know, those kinds of things. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-to-one. It's not a one-to-one. It never will be. Right. But, but, um, in terms of living in a hostile environment, in terms of, of living in a kingdom that is not aligned with God's kingdom. Um, yeah, you know, we, we experience the same kinds of things. Right. And so again, you know, my, my, I really do think chapter 12 summarizes it so beautifully, especially in 13 where, he, where the, the, the angel says, go your way. Basically, Daniel's like, I still have questions about what I saw. The angel says, you just continue to live the way you've been living. And, and, and how is that identified? I think it's back in three. He's lived wisely and he's lived with the goal of being an influence for, for mm. God's kingdom. Right? Yeah. And we see that. We see it, in, especially in the first six chapters, like that, that yeah. continued resolve. Yeah. And, and so for me, that's been the biggest thing, right? Like there's great themes of like endurance, right? Mm. In the midst of difficulty, there's great themes of, of God's sovereignty and what that means for us. Um, but I really think that that piece of living a wise life while pointing others towards the righteousness of yeah. God is, is like it, right? And so that's how cool. do we do that, right? We've got plenty of opportunity. Yeah. And I think more, 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 the question I think for a lot of us is more along the lines, not of, of, how can I do this? But in what areas of my life am I not doing this? Yeah. Mm. It's almost like, am I willing to do it? You know, one of the things that was brought up at Hume Lake, which I, which I thought was really, really good is just the, the discussion of the fear of God and what, what's all entangled or not entangled, entangled sounds bad, but what's all wrapped up in a healthy fear of God. Mm. And, they did an amazing job just of kind of unpacking it just from, from a biblical standpoint of like, cause I think a lot of times we have the wrong idea of fear. Like fear is, is a negative thing for us usually. Spooky. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, God's creepy, you know, but, it, but, it, but we, we see in scripture that there's this, um, you know, reverence and awe that we have for God, um, which I think I've understood, you know, for a while, but they talked about it from another angle too, of like, 
actually <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of like joy and peace and comfort and, and, um, just like right mindedness, sober mindedness, yeah. you know, of, of, of like understanding. And I think a lot of times we see people that are running away from God, they're rebelling or they're, or they're trying to avoid God either in scripture or in our lives. And a lot of times we think, oh, that person is afraid of God. But, but really they they were saying like, they just don't have a, they don't have a full healthy understanding of what the fear of God is. And one of the points they made that I've been thinking about a lot is um, from Proverbs and, and you can find this in multiple places in Proverbs, but Proverbs nine verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy one is insight. Mm. And so <clears throat> they were making this point, like uh, we are so quick to ask God for wisdom and that's a good thing. You know, James, James one says, uh, God will give wisdom generously without reproach to anyone who asks, right? It's like his favorite thing to give. He just, I'm poured out. But what, what the Proverbs is saying is, but the fear of the Lord is a prerequisite for, if you want to, if you want to be able to have the wisdom of God, you need to have an appropriate fear of God. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, and I wonder how much, if we all developed an appropriate biblical, healthy fear of God, how much that would help us in our influence of other people in a wise way. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it prompts a, a, I mean, same question, kind of bigger question is not just with God and Jesus and just the reality of our status as his ambassadors, you know, it all goes hand in hand of if, if the, the reality of the gospel has real beauty in your life and all in your life, then of course it's going to prompt action in your life. Mm -hmm. Like how could it not? And I feel like that's a theme we kind of talk about a lot is like this, the namesake of this podcast. We hit this a lot of, man, in all these different areas, this struggle or this struggle or this thing you want to grow in. Step one is usually behold Jesus, you know, which I think goes hand in hand with fearing the Lord, Mm -hmm. fearing the fearing our father with awe, with joy, with excitement for what he's going to do. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, there's so many things like this that we want to do as Christians to like make them in a checklist, you know, mm-hmm. yep. make them legalistic. Um, and it's never going to work going that route. If you're not doing that, that heartfelt relational aspect of, are you feeling, fearing the Lord? Are you praising the savior? Are you welcoming the Holy spirit? One, and, and do we, do we carve out time to cultivate that, mm. that healthy fear? You know mm. what I mean? Like, it's one of my favorite things about being out in nature is that yeah. you contemplate the vastness and creativity and power of God, right? Um, I, I remember when I was younger, um, and I, I cannot remember any other details. Like, I don't know if I was with my family or if it was like a school field trip, but we went <laughs> we went to a dam, a hydro, hydraulic dam, and, and got to do like a little tour of it and see That's it. That's cool. And it, but just the power of that thing. It's the same kind of idea of like... When you when you stand and look out at the Grand Canyon, yeah, you can be overwhelmed by the magnitude of, right. of what it is that you're looking at, um, and, and it has always marked for me kind of an uh, at least some aspect of my understanding of the fear of God. Right here, here is this powerful force that is is actually of benefit and working mm. for the good of of the community. Going back to that damn analogy, mm. uh, dude, that, that watch sounded, your mouth. That sounded that sounded watch bad. your mouth. Um, but yeah, to again, we as humans, you know, continue to follow the pattern of, of Adam, right? Where we tend to think we have a better idea, or mm. we or we are just as creative, yeah. or just as as powerful as God in our free will and our ability to choose, or whatever it right. might be. But when we stop and we we genuinely take that time, carve out that time to mm. think about who He is, to think about His holiness, that that His very character. Is, is marked by righteousness and love mm. and these things that that in and of myself because of sin it's it's all tarnished and messed up and when I come to realize what the consequences of that should be and yet here he is one restraining his wrath but then also satisfying his wrath through Jesus mm. it there there it is right yeah oh my goodness like yeah. he is so good he is so great and he loves us so much like you're, you're right there's got to be that healthy understanding yeah. you know what I mean of his of his rule. Well, totally. And, and really, the, isn't that kind of where everything went wrong? Like in yep. the garden, right? What, what was the, what was the first tactic that the enemy had? Like, did God, did God really, really say, say yep. you know, did he really say you can't have this thing? And 
the 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 issue in our culture is is still that today and it, what would have happened if if Adam and Eve maintained their that fear of God right that that no like this 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 is the he is the end all be all and all my eggs are in his basket and um I'm not I'm not going to go against him because I understand who he is in that moment they forgot it right and I think that's the that's the uphill battle that we're facing in culture is that message is continuing to be said like, Oh, that's a fable. That's not real. God's not real. And, and I think it seeps into our, our, even our, our Christian subculture within that. And so we have to just be reminded, man, if we, if we want access to God's wisdom so that we can influence people the way that, that Daniel did. I mean, do you think Daniel had a healthy fear of God? (laughs) You know what I mean? Of course. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I think that's something we, we need to, um, hit and like almost like revive. I think it, we, it's easy to, to not talk about that because it, it, it can sound, um, I think people can take it the wrong way and say, Oh, I, I don't want to serve a God that I have to f- be afraid of. You know what I yep. mean? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like it's tempting or it can be tempting to look at Daniel and his trials and say, you know, oh, well, I'm not being thrown in a furnace, you know, mm-hmm. no one's throwing me in a den of lions. I don't need to have the same kind of, um, you know, intensity with my fear of God as Daniel had, you know, at least I've heard people say things similar to that before. And I think that really stems from like a naivete about spiritual warfare and about Satan's tactics. Cause the idea that we're not just as involved in a war now mm. between Satan and, and truth and God as Daniel was is absolutely false. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we are in the thick of it, you know, mm-hmm. and just because Satan's tactics has changed a lot and he's being very sneaky to make us forget or make the world forget that this is happening. It is absolutely happening. So the idea that we don't need to have the same type of resolve or fear that Daniel has is craziness. It just looks a little bit different in our context. Right. Yeah. In some ways it's almost worse because it's very, I, I would imagine if someone told me, Sean, I'm going against your God, I'm going to throw you in a furnace, it would make me probably say, God, help me right now, you know? <laughs> if be you, more desperate. Yeah, more, if he's going to yeah. throw me in a, a pack of lions, I'd probably be praying my tail off, you know? And yet a lot of the struggles that we deal with today are ones that Satan's so cunning to, to turn our eyes away from the unseen things, right? Away from the heavenly things to keep us so inundated with kind of the, the more physical, worldly, daily grindy type of things. Um, and yet still such a detriment to miss out on what you were talking about of living that wise life that's pointing people towards Jesus. At the end of the day, I think if, I mean, if you're in Satan's shoes and you want people to stop giving glory to God, what a smart way to do it, right? Like stop putting people into situations where they're going to be thrown into furnaces and not die. <laughs> Instead, let's just keep them obsessed with their 401k and not talking mm, about Jesus. You right. Know? The, goal, the goal, his goal is to make us ineffective and unfruitful for the gospel. Like I, well, I continue yeah, to say well, What that, is First right? Peter 5, First Peter 5 eight? Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So, so we see the tactics of the enemy, you know, he's, 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 he's constantly looking. I mean, this is kind of interesting. You're talking about a den of lions, right? And here Peter is, is comparing the enemy to a, a lion that is on the prowl looking for, for someone who's not sober minded, who's not being watchful. And if we are, if we are, lulled into the delusion that we're not in a battle. If we're lulled into the delusion that we don't have an enemy, um, that the opposition that Daniel faced is way harder than what we're facing, then we're susceptible to. Well, and I think that that's, that gets to a good question of, um, what is that opposition about? Right? Like what's the goal of that opposition? Is it to end Daniel's life? No, that wasn't the goal of that opposition. It was Mm. to end his influence. Wow. That's the goal. Yeah. And, and, and I think we've got to keep that in mind. Um, you know, that, that, that this is, this is so much bigger than God, God has control. 
We yeah. see it in Daniel. We see it throughout the scriptures. I've seen it in my own life. I saw it in Sarah's life. Like he prolonged her life for a reason. You know as I mean? long as, as he ha- has you here, nothing can touch you. The, it, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, in, until it does. And that's by his, his, his sovereignty. He's his, num- numbered he, our days. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, when we get that in our head, that the, 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 the the miracle there wasn't so much that the lion's mouths were shut up. Yeah. The miracle was that even facing that, Daniel didn't shrink back. Didn't shrink back, and he yeah. continued to be an influence. Yeah, right. He continued the the moment Nebuchadnezzar gets him out of the pit. Right mm-hmm. to to talk about it's my God who shut up the mouth the mouth mm-hmm. of that lion. Like this isn't this is just who my God right. is. What he's capable. Well, of. and isn't that word like if you looked at the the um the concept there in in First Peter five, it's like the the um what the prowling lion does is to is the devour is to like overwhelm right to overcome to like to to kind of like almost like press down so that you you're not doing what what you're explaining there yeah what, right? what we've been designed to do yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. so it, i think so much of the culture that we live in which is influenced heavily by the enemy is that's what's happening to us day in and day out is we're, we're being pressed down, overwhelmed, uh, stressed out, distracted so that we are get taken off mission. Yep. It's, it's deception at the mm. root of it, right? The enemy yeah. wants to deceive. He's going to use whatever tactics he can to deceive with the goal of, of ruining our influence with, with making us ineffective. Right. And, and so if, again, that, that comes back to another core worldview or core idea that we have to have as followers of Christ is that life is more important than the 401k. Life mm-hmm. is more important than our families. And I'm not saying that we neglect those things. I'm just saying that there is a place of priority and and that place of priority is to be an influence, right? I, I don't want to be the best dad because I buy my kids all the right stuff and I am super fun and active. Do I want to do that stuff? Great. Yes. Okay. Whatever. But so much <laughs> deeper than that, so yeah. much more important than that is that I want to influence them for the kingdom. I mm-hmm. want them to see the beauty of Jesus in my life and and not just my kids, but my coworkers, wherever I'm placed, that's the point. And I think that where we get deceived is when we start to say, oh, that's just one of the points. That's just a small aspect of what life is supposed to be. And I can compartmentalize that into something else. And then what happens is that place of priority gets removed and we start placing the security of finances over it, or we start placing... I don't know, the perception of our family over it. Like how do people view us as a family? Those kinds of things start to take a a place that they don't deserve. Yeah, that's so so good. And I think probably something that a lot of us deal with every single day, you know, of just, man, there's so many things happening, so many things going on. And I think it's really easy to even start off in a really healthy place, like you were just saying, with intentions and motivations and what your goals are. But then as things get busier, like I'm sure you guys all know, older you get and the bigger your family gets, things just get busy. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of you relate to that. But then it's really easy for things to become kind of, oh, I'm, am, I, am, I, am I hitting my checklist in these different arenas of my life? You know, is my, is my wife taken care of? Are my kids taken care of? Is my job taken care of? You know, did, I, did I put money away for that? Did I serve on that weekly Bible study thing, you know? And when we start getting into that mindset, that's something we've talked about before on the podcast, but that's like Satan's playground, you know? of just keeping us so just all over the place and frazzled that we're not thinking about just that overarching goal of, are we sharing the gospel? You know, and we talk so much about, we we can talk or focus so much about the benefits of God in our lives, of the the work the Holy Spirit is going to do in our lives in terms of growing us and stretching us and healing relationships and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And those are all amazing things, but it's too easy, I think, sometimes for us to get into this mindset of, man, God has blessed my life for, for me. You know, God, God has given me gifts so that I can have a better life. And that's just not what it's about. God yeah. has given you gifts to be able to share a better life, an eternal better life with those around you. And I'll, and I'll just quickly say from experience that the greatest disruptor to that lie, right, of, of that it's about me is suffering. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that we see in scripture, God saying there's benefit to going through those difficulties. Because when you, when you walk a season of suffering, your reliance on him grows stronger. You know, if you're, if you're walking in wisdom, if you're seeking those things out and, and what naturally will flow from that. And what I've seen, not just in my experience, but in the experience of so many others, it's the ones who suffer, uh, that, that are doing the most singing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're the ones who are, who are influencing, 
um, so well because they have seen the comfort of God. They have seen the way he carries. They've mm-hmm. seen what he does. And then also you've got a world that's looking in on how can you still follow this God if he allowed this and this and this mm-hmm. to happen? And yet that that resolve, the same resolve we see in Daniel is on display and you're able to give an explanation for the hope that we have. Yeah, and and, and I, I, I would totally affirm that. And also maybe put with it like as a helper or as like a tandem, um, humility, right? Because we don't always have control uh, on how much we suffer, right? Now, obviously if I'm being foolish and I'm doing yeah. dumb things, like, I'm bringing, you can heap it on, but yeah, that's I can, not, I can yeah, heap it on, but mean. that's not God's, that's not a, that's a different scenario than yes, what you're explaining. Yes. Right. So, so I, I'm almost just like living, living my life faithfully and, and, um, just trusting God that he's going to bring the discipline that I need to, but I feel like there's something you can do actively too. uh, either if you're going through a season of suffering to, to partner with that or while you're waiting for the suffering yep, to come. Yep. And I think that's humility. Well, and what is humility in light of what we've been talking about? It's that fear of God. It's right. recognizing right. who yeah. he is, right? Well, and, and also recognizing what we have to offer. And that's why I'm so grateful that you brought us to Second Corinthians chapter 2 and then a little bit in, in chapter 3, because you see this. Um, it's a very humble stance that Paul is taking. He's, he's saying... All the thanks, all the credit goes to God. Mm-hmm. It's his victory that he's invited me into, verse 14. Um, and then as I'm, as I'm sharing that victory with others, by the way, I'm living, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just naturally the, the aroma of that, of, yeah. of, of Christ. And then not only that, verse 17, but I'm actually going to also speak it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to share that. And I, what is that? That's humility. I'm pointing to him, him, not not me, not yep. me. Yeah. And then in in chapter three, verse four, he's like, "This is the source of our confidence. Not that not that anything great is coming from us. It's not about my self sufficiency. Mm-hmm. It's about the sufficiency of Jesus and His gospel. And that's what I'm holding up. I'm a minister of this new covenant. It has nothing to do with me. It's not. Yeah. It, and, and I and I think that that's something that we can actively do every day, right? Because if if one of the big messages of Daniel just Look at uh, what God can do with the proud, yep. <laughs> right? God is really good at humbling the proud. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I would rather <laughs> humble myself under the mighty hand of God yep. than be in a position where I'm, I'm, where God is going to need to humble me, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And and so that that I think is is a huge huge thing that. Um, because because here's the deal, like initially, I think that the idea of influence seems a little like kind of nebulous and 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 foreign to us. We're like, ah, I don't I don't really unless you're thinking of like an Instagram influencer, which is not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> but like this if we really think about it, we all live this way, yeah. like all the time. We're constantly trying to influence people so that we'll be more popular or, or well-liked or well-thought of. We're constantly trying to influence people so that we'll get a promotion, so that we'll uh, get into that school or, you know, um, present. We're constantly trying to present ourselves a certain type of way. And it's a lot of times very self-serving. <laughs> and, ex- and exhausting. It is. It yeah. is. And so, like, that's why I like that you brought up freedom. Right, yep. because if we if we can really cling on to this um, this Second Corinthians stuff, it, it it frees us up from all that, all of the 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 grind it's and, and the spinning me. of our wheels yep. of that stuff, and we can just humbly live to influence people, not for our glory or for our namesake, but for God's glory and His namesake. Well, and that's like John the Baptist, right? I mean, here's an influencer, right? He's out yeah. there and he's got this crowd that's following after him. And what's his what's his line, right? I must decrease, he must increase. It's, yeah. it's I, I'm not like, worthy to untie his yeah, his I want to live in yeah. a way that when people look at me, they're beholding Jesus. Yeah. And, that, and that's not like a pat on my back. That's his power, right? right. Through me, his life, his spirit in me, um, demonstrating his glory, Right. Well, that's verse three, right? Of, of Daniel yep, 12. Yep. Like we're, we're, we're shining the brightness of, uh, you know, of, of who God is. You can't do that if you're not turned towards Christ, yep. right? Because the, <laughs> it, we're, if we're a mere reflecting, um, 
you know, if we're not turned toward the source of glory and brightness and light in the, in the dark world, then we're not going to be very shiny to the world around us. Yeah. I think the humility piece is, is, I mean, it's everything really. And a little bit of a call out for all of us really. But I think a lot of us can sometimes have a selective humility syndrome, yeah. you know, where it, it can be easy for us to talk about or think about or even do and practice humility before God. But then we're really bad about demonstrating humility before people. Mm. Mm. Come on. You know, like it's easy or it can be easy to think about, yeah, of course I can fear God. He's God. And then the second someone insults you or offends you or steals your thunder or whatever it is, we forget all about humility, you know, (laughs) and we forget that humbling ourselves, the people around us is us humbling ourselves before God. It's us trusting him when he tells us to do that process of being like Christ and humbling ourselves to those around us. And I think for most of us, that's probably the more frequent, like absolutely the suffering thing is a huge thing for a lot of times. But then when you're not suffering and you're not in that mode, this is probably the the most frequent opportunity for humility that the ball gets dropped, I feel like, is with the people in our lives. Serving each other. Christ came not to be served, but to serve. And and ultimately, those are the moments where we're going to be able to do or not do our mission of sharing the good news, of being a light and pointing people towards Jesus. And I think that humility piece really can like change that 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 experience for us. I think maybe this is a good opportunity, Charlie, for you to bring up your analogy with the cookie thing. Cause I think our humility will completely transform whether or not we carry that mission out or not. Yeah. And I, I had shared, you know, on Sunday, just that picture of, of Jude digging his, his heels in when he didn't get his way, right. That, that there was this, this dessert that he wanted now at two o'clock in the afternoon, it wasn't going to happen. And so he got mopey. He didn't know that there was something better waiting for him after dinner, that it was going to be a cookie sandwich with ice cream and toppings Ooh. and all that kind of stuff, right? And and so when that was presented to him, the the true joy, right, the 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 final thing, um, because he had had developed over the course of those few hours this heart of of bitterness, he still dug his heels in. He he didn't want it. No, I'm fine. Meh. You yeah. know that that kind of attitude. Um, and I think that's just, again, I think that that is what, you know, I was using that analogy to talk about, you know, those who who have not accepted um, the beauty of the gospel. I think sometimes for us, we're like, why don't people get this? Don't you see who Because <laughs> they want God their is? cookie now. They want their cookie now, or they have these <laughs> false presuppositions about yeah. who God is and how God is there to serve him or whatever it may be. And when it doesn't go their way, then it creates this yeah. heart of, of arrogance and pride and, yeah. and distrust, right? Let me, let me bring up a question. This is not to critique like your, your parenting style or anything, but this is like a, this is like a cool case study, like hypothetical, right? Cause like, um, what helps us, uh, not be demanding of the cookie <laughs> now as it, as it relates to, you know, our, our, our trust in God, our relationship with God is that so much of what is coming later has been revealed to us. Yep. That there's Did, a promise of what's there, to yeah. come, right? And I know there's a lot of things that um, we don't know the particulars on and, and, or, or it's debatable or whatever. Um, and some of the things are just mysterious and we, we don't, we don't always know, especially as it pertains to our, our, our time here on this side of eternity, mm-hmm. right? Because um, there is no promise that you're going to get a wife. If you strongly desire a wife, you know, right now yep. you want the cookie now and God, God is not always going to tell you, I'm going to give you something better later, yep. right? You, you, so sometimes you just have to like really just trust, right? But uh, I don't know, like what is... No, I, I hear. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, like, I if do. you would have just told Jude like, hey... We've got I know a plan for after. We've got yeah. a plan for to yep. just hang on just because something yep. better is coming. Yep. And again, no, that's I, a critique. Because yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a fun idea. It's being a surprise is a fun idea. Yeah, yeah. But does God do that with us ever? Well, I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I think that like at the core of the issue... If we want to, if we want to continue to dive into that analogy, let's which is go not, as deep as it's it'll not go. a perfect analogy. What, what kind of cookies? what kind of cookie was? It? <laughs> um, but at the core of it was a a distrust mm-hmm. in my assessment of what was best for Jude. That's great. That's he, great. Yeah. He did not trust that me saying you have to wait. We've got dinner coming up. We don't want to ruin your dinner appetite. Yeah, you know what I mean. That should just be enough. That should be enough. Yeah. If 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 there's a Deep. If the heart is in the right spot. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's and I'm great. not saying that Jude is like this all the time. Like I I, I hope oh, you all yeah, hear yeah. that he's such a lovely little boy. But um 
if there was that, that, that trust, it would cover up. Mm-hmm. If there was the sense of, oh, I've got a good dad who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least appears, <laughs> appears that way <laughs> yeah, in, in my case. Yeah. Um, then, then that gives you the ability, right? Like, That's great. so even if, if God yeah. hadn't given us all these details of what's to come in his grace, he has like yeah. those promises, give us what we need for life and godliness. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it gives us endurance. It gives us those kinds of things. Um, but if it was just about, Hey, I, I'm going to trust who he is. I'm going to trust. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. it's both, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so and that's that's the what the driving force is. So is what you're saying God's is that goodness. I'm a bad dad. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I think I think the big takeaway today yeah. on the podcast is that Charlie's just a that, really that's if you remember nothing else. That, from that's that's, that's what I heard. But circling back a little bit to you, both of your points cuz I think you're you're saying the same thing in different times. You know, I think what you're looking for in that moment, if this is a God in us situation, is that fear of God. Yeah. It's that humble fear of God. And ultimately, I shouldn't have to be told there's a better cookie later for me to just trust God now. Mm-hmm. And the reason I brought that analogy with you is because I think, I know you're talking about the issue of just salvation in general. Sure. But I think even as Absolutely. people who are saved, we have situations all the time where where we should be trusting that God's going to use the situation for his glory and for our good. Again, even in the, in the relational context, this happens all the time. We're, we're, we're in strife with someone or we're having t- tension with someone and or we've been hurt by someone. And instead of, of demonstrating humility and like an open-handedness for God to use that situation, we get mopey. Yep. We get mopey. And that Take whole time we sit in it and we miss out on opportunities and we're throwing away potentials for God's glory because of that. Well, and, To show and someone else about the cookie else. we got. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think, the thing, again, getting back to what the the... <laughs> You know, back to the cookie. Back to what we're talking about. No, no more cookie. Uh, what we're talking about, though, is that you if, are a bad dad. If in, no more cookies. <laughs> no more cookies. If in that moment where I notice or recognize my own pride, my own arrogance, my own mopiness, whatever you want to call it, right? If I stop in that moment and able to, I'm able to humbly and honestly say, I have a chance to influence somebody for the love of Jesus here. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to let go of my own agenda, my own pride, my own yeah. whatever it may be, right? Like, it, it, like, because if I dig my heels and I am not demonstrating, you're making it the all compassion. About you. Exactly, it's yeah. it's it's, and I need to decrease. Jesus needs to increase. Yeah, so, what yeah. does that look like? If He, who was in the very nature God, humbled Himself, like He He in His humanity, He humbled Himself to the point of death on a cross to to usher us into life with Him. Like, what am I doing? So that and we could complain about so not getting a cookie. So that we could complain about yeah. not getting a cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, and, and I think, you know, almost the, um, the very sobering reality, not almost, but the very sobering reality that God is righteous judge. And right now he's, he's delaying his, his justice. Um, so he's being patient so that more people can come into his fold, more yep. people can come into his kingdom. You know, that is a sobering reality that we, that a, fe- a fear based, you know, reverent awe based reality that uh, should drive our influence that a lot of times is, is not on the forefront of our minds because we're, we're so preoccupied with, uh, you know, complaining yep. or, 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 the, the hustle and the grind and, and trying to further our, uh, you know, comfort or, or, um, influence selfishly, you know, on this side of eternity. So, uh, yeah, which is tough. like, and, and, and we just have to ask that question. And maybe yeah. this is something we write down. It's something we put on the mirror in our bathroom, something mm-hmm. that we have just ready to look at, but of just, of just asking that question of what is this for you? Right. Yeah. Like what, what am I living for? You know, and, and do I, even something maybe along the lines of, um, today I want to be a part of what God's doing, mm. right? Like just, just some kind of phrase like that, mm. because then it takes the focus off of us. It yeah. takes our focus off of our own agenda and it, and it reminds us of what God's agenda is. And we'll just say his agenda is a lot better than ours. Bingo. Mm. I mean, that's a great place to end. I feel like. No, it, it really is. And, um, well, maybe I'll just say one more thing. I was just thinking about just this picture of, you know, darkness and light. And you can see that so much in scripture of just, uh, there's darkness in the world and that's Satan's domain. And then Jesus comes and he's light, right? God sent light to, to, to give us light and to walk in light with him. And I'm just reminded that, you know, there's no neutral ground here. You're either 
you're either producing and living in and spreading light on this world for God's glory, or you are letting Satan advance darkness. Mm-hmm. There's only two options. And if you're not actively doing the first one, then you are actively doing the second one, mm-hmm. right? Well, and you know, I'm just, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the gathering, but we were just thinking through this, this idea of for every person born, right? There's 400,000 babies born every day, something like that. You know, what, what is Satan's greatest potential victory in that baby's life? What do you think it is? Keep, keeping them away from Jesus. Keeping them from, absolutely, right? His greatest possible victory would be them never knowing their savior, Jesus. But if that person did put their trust in Jesus and we know that salvation can never be lost, what do you think Satan's second greatest victory in that person's life could possibly be? Keep them from growing to become more like Christ. Yeah, and sharing Christ. Yeah. His greatest victory for their for their life would be, okay, I lost that person. I'm going to prevent them from sharing the good news. Yep. And so, again, there's no middle ground here. Don't let Satan win that victory in your life. You know, follow Jesus, behold him, develop and nurture that fear of our Father in heaven. And yeah, be humble and open-handed with what he's producing and enabling in your life for you to share the good news. Now that's a great place to end. (laughs) Actually, I have one more thought. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Cookies. All right, guys. I love you all dearly. Charlie, thanks for being with us. Hope you have fun on ice tomorrow. Take take a picture of Walt for us. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hey, next uh, next week on the podcast, we're gonna be doing some cool stuff. Do we want to talk about that? Give them a little teaser. Sure. Yeah. If you're at the crossing, the else one we started last week. But if you're at the crossing, we're launching our new series this Sunday whoop, whoop. for the next seven weeks. We'll be talking about the household of God and seven different arenas of what a faith family should look like and how that works specifically here at VBC. Just a couple things to be thinking about in that. If you know someone who has questions about the church, bring them. If you know someone who has been hurt or burned by a church family, bring them. Mm-hmm. If you know someone who uh, loves church already but doesn't know our church very well, bring them. All these, all yeah, these or opportunities. Maybe like fringy, fringy people that that aren't super connected. You know, invite. And what we're going to be doing on the podcast is going to be really fun. We're, we're going to be actually having our elders come in for just a, a, a brief conversation, a little recap. Um, the elders are a big part of working with the teaching team on this series to present these different topics and we're going to be hearing their heart on it. And so uh, each week on the podcast, they're going to be coming in to do a little spot just to expand upon something or take things in a little bit of different direction along that topic. So it's going to be fun over the next seven weeks. We're going to have some elders coming through the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Amen. All right, y'all see you on Sunday for that. We'll see you next week on behold. Peace. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.